Welcome to Mace Tech Commission's Ladies Podcast. My name is Dodie Glover, and I'm here um, with Laura, Clu- Laura Kuhn and Olivia Schultz today. Um, we're going to be talking about our English ministry that we have here in Melatonic. And um, as you probably know, we live in an indigenous village in southern Guerrero, Mexico, about um, population of about 10,000, and so it's really small. And it might be um, puzzling to some as to why we would have an English ministry here, but um, there are actually many people here who have family members in the States. And um, there are several who uh, spent time as children in the States, grew up, and then came back. Some of them know English well, but many of them don't. They might just have a memory of um of learning it as a child, but there is definitely the interest of wanting to know English because of wanting to travel back to the States or wanting to communicate with family members that live in the States. You know, those who were there may prefer English. And uh, so there's definitely an interest here for um, people to learn English. And at first we were calling our ministry an ESL ministry, but um, we decided to change it to an ESOL or E-S-O-L. The acronyms are kind of, um, I guess, not that important, but ESL means English as a second language. And almost everyone here in Matlatonic, they are already bilingual. Their second language is Spanish. Their first language is Mixtec second language Spanish. And so if they are learning English, then that is their third language, not their second language. And so we changed it to be English as um, English speakers of other languages is what ESOL stands for. Um, but anyway, it is really interesting to, to meet the people here who already are bilingual, yet they are wanting to learn another language. And so um, as I already mentioned, some of our students not very many, but a few, a handful at least, are um, advanced speakers. And so, Olivia, um, you've worked more closely with our advanced speakers, both in the classroom setting, but then also just as friends outside of the class. And so tell us a little bit about them. What are their stories? Yeah, so like you had mentioned earlier, Um, A lot of them have lived in the States or have family members in the States, and that's really the beginning interest of their desire to want to learn English. Um, But for the students who came to the advanced class this past semester, um, they came interested in in being with other English speakers. Um, There were three students primarily who have very similar stories in that they lived in the States for about 10 years, um, give or take on each of their story, but um, about 10 years and they came back to live here in Metla. And after having lived in the States and learning English from a young age um, and speaking Spanish in their home and translating for their parents, when they came back here to Metla, for a lot of them, it was their first time that they could remember being here. And so they came back as teenagers and um, were entering into an all Spanish or Meeks Tech community 
and they felt very much like outsiders. Um, they expressed that in general they experienced some bullying and some teasing at school when their Spanish wasn't as good as their peers um, or their Mixtec if they couldn't understand maybe what the older generation was saying to them in Mixtec. Um, and so they had a lot of similarities with us being here as missionaries, um, struggling through our language and Spanish and Mixtec and cultural differences, um, that they could express that they missed certain things about the states, whether it was food or a specific city um, or just experiences there or even being around English speakers. And so it was an easy way for us to connect um, through just offering an English class to these advanced level speakers um, to connect with them here in the class, but also outside in the community, going and reaching them um, and getting into deeper gospel conversations with them about why we are here. Um, and it's something that we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them in English, and they seem to understand, um, but also in Spanish. Um, their, you know, their second language and, um, and also allowing them to really understand it well. And so it's been neat to see how God provided that opportunity to meet advanced speakers um, and to be able to share the gospel with them just through this class and connect better through the cultural differences that we face um, here serving in this community and that they've experienced just in their life from living in the States and moving back to this community and being seen as an outsider. Yes, it's been interesting and um, a good opportunity for our volunteers that come that maybe don't know a lot of Spanish. They're able to communicate better um, with these English speakers and share the gospel in English. And um, it's an interesting um, thing to consider the second generation immigrant and if they were to return to the country of their parents, that they do go through struggles that um, maybe um, you wouldn't think about, but that's not necessarily their home. And so it's nice for them to um, be able to express some of those things in English. And, um, and it's just great for us to be able to um, reach more people, more families, um, knowing that there are these people out there that um, can speak English and want to help us in our ministries as well. And so, um, so I'm thankful for Olivia and the relationships that she's made with um, these girls. And we hope that we can reach more. Um, we know that there's more out there, but we don't know um, exactly how many or where they are. But um, we hope that through our English ministry, they will see and they will want to get to know us. And, and in that way we can have opportunities to share Christ with them and their families. And so most of our students though are not advanced speakers. Most are either beginner or like beginner as in they know absolutely no English or an, an intermediate low to where they have a basic understanding of some English maybe that they learned as a child, but then they um, have come back and grown up here and they don't really remember that much more, um, or they don't really have the opportunity to speak it. And then also in the schools, you know, they 
are supposed to teach English, but since this um, village is so remote, um, it's not a priority. And so they're not really getting English in the schools. And so we have a lot of beginner and intermediate low students. And so um, my experience in the past has been working with adults and I enjoy teaching um, teenagers and adults um, English. And I have used curriculums in the past and then I have come up with my own, but yet I think it's so much easier to have a set curriculum and to have a plan. And so what we have decided in regards to how we run our ministry is that we, we do charge a very basic fee um, and we require that our students pay the um, cost of the book. And we feel like that's just good for them to kind of have some ownership in um, learning the language, that it's their book, they get to keep it, they get to write in it. Even if for some reason they had to drop out of the class, they've paid for the book, so they get to keep it no matter what. Um, but we don't charge any um, like ongoing weekly fee or monthly fee, but just a general setup inscription fee and then the book fee. And um, the book that we're using is English for Everyone. You can find on Amazon. Uh, it's actually a self-paced um, curriculum that a person, if motivated, could teach them teach themselves English. Um, and so, um, Laura, what do you think uh, in regards to? Let me back up. Can I pause here? Cut this part out. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask Laura. Laura is a teacher. She has um, been involved in children's ministry for many years, and she teaches her kids in um, homeschool. But this was her first time to be involved in an actual English ministry, teaching English. And so, Laura, what has it been like so far? And what would you say are some of the pros and cons to having um, a set curriculum and yeah, just tell us about your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've had a, a great experience so far. Um, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it is, it is um, especially in our setting, important to have a set curriculum to go by. And, um, and it's so hard. There's so many different curriculums out there. I mean, just from my homeschool experience, there's so much curriculum to choose from. And um, there's, uh, you know, there's so many factors to take into, into consideration because we are um, out here in, in an indigenous uh, group and um, the, st the students in schools here may not be as used to following a set curriculum as, as, as we teach it, you know, so um, not strict, but, you know, by, but going by it. Um, and uh, also, um, this is not their second language. They are, you know, learning from from, uh, from they've already had language learning experience. and um, But their language learning experience was not from a textbook. It was in the home as you go day in and day out, most likely, and uh, for a lot of them anyway. So, um, so yeah, it's hard to find the, the right curriculum for, um, for the, and, and in addition, everybody's different. So everybody's learning styles and teaching styles and um, background. So it is really hard to find the perfect curriculum for the perfect situation. So, and, and also, I mean, there is no perfect curriculum for, for people. So, um, yeah, I've had a good experience with this, with this book. Uh, I would recommend it to somebody who was wanting, especially like Dodie said, learning to teach yourself. It, it's, um, in some ways it's simple and it goes, um, fairly slowly, but in other ways it, 
it can be kind of difficult. Um, I think there's, uh, I, one thing I do wish was different is I wish that, um, like, I, the, what we've taught the students so far, I don't think they can use the vocabulary they've been learning to carry on a normal day-to-day -day conversation. Um, if, if they, let's say they even know all the vocabulary, that they, the book has a lot of vocabulary in each lesson, but if you're starting out, you're gonna have a lot of vocabulary for sure. Um, so, but they'll get there. They'll eventually get there. One of the things when, when I've been teaching the class, uh, the class the classes that I've taught, I, I, I can empathize with them because I just, I've been learning language myself and, um, and so I can empathize with them. So like one of the things, I try to do things that aren't in the book to try to, to make the book fit where we are and, and where they are. And so we'll do different activities that aren't in the book. Um, but uh, so for example, um, I asked um, Lydia, she's teaching the class with me today and I asked her to write a paragraph in Spanish, but on purpose make several errors. And um, we're gonna tell them we made, you know, we have on purpose um, uh, made these errors and want you to catch them. But uh, the point is, is that they can still understand what we're trying to say. And, uh, and so my point is, I want them, I, I know from my language learning experience that it can be very intimidating and very humbling. And you tend to, uh, if, if you restrict yourself to only what you're really able to do and just a teeny tiny bit more, you're not really going to grow that much. But if you can allow yourself to make mistakes and be free and admit that, yeah, I'm just learning and, and I'm making lots of mistakes. Uh, the point is that they understand what we're trying to say, even when we have mistakes in our, in our, in our uh, grammar, in our pronunciation, in our, uh, in our Spanish. And the same goes for them. And they're patient with us. And so we want them to, I want, the, I try to tell them each time that I'm teaching you have gotten so much better. Two weeks ago, you couldn't have had this conversation. Look, you, you used to not be able to say that word. That is a hard word to pronounce. Um, and uh, try to affirm them. I try to have some way to affirm them because I remember what it was like to, to study another language and how sometimes it can be defeating and sometimes it can be exhausting and sometimes you think you're never going to get there. So I think it's important to have those reminders. So, um, it is definitely um, good to have um, our students be able to identify with us as language learners. And I think it's good for us to be vulnerable in front of them. Um, they know that we make mistakes. And so I think that's a great um, thing to do, um, that we make mistakes in general, even when we're not trying to, but yet seeing that it's okay to make mistakes and um, that we're here to to teach them English, but really we um, just want to, we care about them as a person. We care about um, the things they care about. If they are wanting to learn in order to um, further their education and be able to have um, a certain job, or if they're wanting to learn to be able to maybe go back to the States one day, we know the struggle of having to go to a place and not be able to understand um, or, or communicate with people. And so we want them to be as equipped as they can be. Um, but really, we, of course, want them to know that um, we care about them as people. And so um, I'm thankful that our teachers, Olivia and Laura, and then our other teachers, Sarah and Lydia, um, really do um, put in a lot of effort to um, think through um, 
the lessons each week, but also um, just so that it's not just um, learning from a book, but they make the classes fun as well. As um, Laura was saying, we do have the book as a guide. It's good. It's easier to not have to come up with the, the theme as to what's next and what are we going to teach. But at the same time, we definitely have to sometimes slow it down or add in something or make it fun and play a game. And I really appreciate how Laura and Sarah have been super creative um, with their games. And um, it's really fun to see our students get excited and laugh and really get into um, learning when, when they're playing games. And so... And so English teaching can be um, challenging, but at the same time, very rewarding. And um, just wanted to put this out there for those who are listening. If you know of an English ministry around you, maybe you could consider getting involved. Um, Many large churches have English ministries, also just at like your public library, or like a civic center, there might be English classes. Um, you could really have influence on um, people who are often not seen and not heard because they feel lost in in um, in a place where they can't really communicate, or um, maybe they're um, out of place or put down or made fun of because they're from another country or speak another language. And in the States, you know, you can meet people from all over the world. And so I just challenge those of you who are listening that, um, maybe from listening to this podcast that, um, you might now have interest in pursuing English ministry. And so I challenge you to, to do that, to get involved and, um, use it as a means to share your testimony and your story and, and, what God is doing in your life. And, um, and so I think that that's all we have for today. And, um, you guys can continue to pray for us as a team, specifically for our English ministry, pray for myself and Olivia and Laura and Sarah and Lydia, as we teach that we would be wise and, um, pray for our students that they would um, see the love of Christ in us. And so thank you, and until next time.